Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm a guy with a camera here. If you die, can I have your car? Sweet. <laughs> Curious ramblings. Alrighty. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Ooh. Almost knocked over that glass of water. That would have sucked. <laughs> That's a nice start to the podcast. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good evening. Do you classify now as evening? Five, six, quarter past six. Even though it's still sunny? Yes. Okay. I go by the time, not the uh, the star in the sky. <laughs> fair enough. I've got one of the three wise men out. <laughs> All right, no, fair enough. Yeah. How's your week been? Um, how's my week been? It's been okay. I'm actually starting to finally feel better after two weeks of being mm-hmm. kind of sick. Uh, what else has been going on? Gym, been going to the gym late at night to avoid the crowds. Yeah. Uh, do you go late at night, don't you? Yep. Are you still getting crowds? There's a few people and there's always, there's not always, every second time there's this lady who spends about... 40 minutes on this one machine yeah. inside the triceps. Oh yeah, yep. Does she have massive triceps? <laughs> no, she's always on there and it's, I don't know, it's the only machine that I like to use for yeah. that particular muscle. Because I can so, see yeah, you've got the big triceps coming. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. I guess it's early. <laughs> yeah, we've got our guest just walking through now. So yeah, you, um, you won golf. Yes, I thought Simon was going to be a bit more of a challenge, but <laughs> oh, it's yeah, 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 hungover. That's is that, is that an excuse? No, no. I think you're. Uh, yeah, maybe if you're on your game. I had a good day the day before. You did, yeah. Sit. Just sit here, yeah. So, might as well introduce our next guest. We've got um, Simon here, who is a, a worldwide travelling electrician. <laughs> so we've got some good stories to listen to and how he got into it and where he's been and where he's travelled but I think maybe before that we should crack a new beer yes I'm looking forward to that right, cool I'll you go grab it pretty so gentlemen I have a beer here it's called Trummer Pills so it's a Pilsner from Salzburg in Austria. Why? Did you, did you get these for free, Albert? <laughs> no, I didn't. This is actually a more expensive beer. Yeah, yeah, that right. is so crisp. Viva. Cheers. Prost. Viva. Prost. Now that, that's crisp and clean. That's a real pilsner. Yep. That's, that's Europe, isn't it? That's really good. Yeah, that's spot on. I remember drinking this. <laughs> My dad used to drink this when oh, I was yeah. a bit younger. So it's one of the... This like, one? Yeah. Yeah. Trauma pills. Yeah. So it's from Salzburg in Austria, 4.9%, German-style Pilsner with SARS Why is it hops and... SARS hops. Austrian hops. So apparently the SARS hops, they come from originally Bohemia. Yeah. And they're super popular. They're used as well because they're not susceptible to mold and mildew and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's why they use them more. So they're okay. pretty popular. It's not modified, is it? No. Genetically modified? No, I don't think no. so. Okay. And yeah, einfach leben, so that means like... Einfach leben. Just live, basically. Is that what it means? I wasn't telling me to well, get Einfach life. means easy, and leben means life. Yeah, so easy life. Easy, easy living. Yeah, easy living. Oh, life's pretty easy when you're drinking pills. So, years and years, many years ago, decades ago, Resch's Pilsner is a really nice drop. Yeah. And always had that 
at the for Australian beer. Um, that was the best pills that you could buy in Australia. Yeah. Okay. And this easily eclipses, easily eclipses, it. eclipses that. it. Yes. Years and years ago, could you? Was that the only pills you could buy in Australia? Yeah. To his new, to his red, <laughs> to his blue. Well, there was like tooths, and then there was twoies, and there was reshes. Yeah. Right. So pretty much they were the three breweries. Yeah. And whatever you just had to drink. Oh, they were brewing them here, were they? Yeah, yeah. That oh, was right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and twos had like a you know a brown ale and a black ale, mm. and twoies had um, black twoies old twoies old twoies old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, but this stuff is um, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll be buying some of that. Well, these were the last three I got at Inaloo. Carton's pretty expensive, right? Yeah, so I think a six pack's about these are the last three, but six pack's about twenty-eight, and I think a carton's seventy-six or so. That's actually not too bad considering no. what we'd pay for a carton of uh, single fin, three thirty mil stubbies for yeah. sixty-five sometimes. So yeah. I've just recently bought a carton of uh, seventy-six bucks. It was Corona. 76 oh, bucks. Jesus yeah, Christ. It was you got ripped in, off. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It was, um, I think it was uh, in Northern Territory. Yeah, right. So, yeah, oh, prices geez. can be a bit... Um, it's about 20 bucks more than what it is here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always 50 bucks, I remember growing up. Yes, that one beer that just stayed. It stayed the same price, yeah, because yeah. everyone bought in bulk, right? So I guess they always got a pretty good price. And when we were younger, 50 bucks was expensive for a beer. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's right. Now it's... Now it's sort of no, it's just a change. Yeah. It's relative because yeah. if you think about it, if you go into a pub and buy beer to go into the bottle shop and yeah. buy a cart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. then you always bring it back to, well, that, that Corona cost me $3 yeah. a, a yeah. beer yeah. and you're going to pay like 9 yeah. in a in a bar, so you're yeah, well ahead. True. Well, we got out for lunch on Saturday to a place that sells uh, $4 Coronas. So Four dollar Coronas. Yeah. Where's that? It's a place in June, like called Culture Cafe. It's like an Asian fusion sort of place, just different Asian yeah. Yeah. Uh, cuisines. And they've always had, and that was. Is a, it still? Is it still four bucks? That's actually an increase from last year when they were three dollars. Wow. So, uh, and the food is so cheap and pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, because the food's so cheap and the beer's so cheap, even though the food doesn't, you know, it's not mind blowingly great. It elevates it because everything's so cheap. And yeah, you get yeah. good portion yeah. sizes and yeah. stuff. So. Expectations aren't that high, yeah. Oh, it's still good, don't get me wrong. You don't go like, oh, this is just okay, but it's not like the best Asian yeah. we're ever going to have. It, it, yeah, I, I've noticed Perth. I've always looked at trying to find authentic yeah. Indonesian in particular. Um, and uh, there's a place in uh, Sarapan in South Perth, and that's like really authentic. Indo, yeah. So if you're like, maybe, maybe not traditional Balinese, but more like traditional Javanese, and um, you go in there, and because I speak um, Bahasa, so you know it's really nice to go in there and practice your language, yeah, right. And, and sit down, have a good coffee, and um, you know, pretty uh, a decent. What's it uh, called? Serapan. Serapan. Yeah, and it's just a little. A little yeah. cafe there in suburbia, and it's um, yeah. it's mint. It really is. Yeah. So, uh, go to the zoo, get some Indonesian, <laughs> yeah. go to the Windsor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, job done. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, no, like that's a classic day. day. Yeah. You could actually start there for brekkie. Yeah, and and have a really 
good in-day brekkie, yeah. and then head down to the zoo, yeah. spend the day at the zoo, and then have an evening meal and beers at the Windsor. That yeah. would just tip the day off yeah. perfectly. All right, yeah. let's close yeah. up the podcast early and then let's go <laughs> to South Perth. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's like, you know, just little, there's little pockets, isn't there, that yeah. you just have to keep your ears and your eyes open um, to, to hear, oh, have you been to that place? Because there's a lot of really good places in Frio. Yeah. Yeah, we spend a lot of time yeah. in Frio. Yeah, Frio's lately, and it really <laughs> same as us. Yeah, I've spent more time in Frio in the last two weeks than I have in the last year, I think. Yeah, that's no, a good spot. Well, it's yeah. not far from me, really. It's about twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Half an hour. For you, it's a bit of a drive. Yeah, yeah it's like a forty-minute trip. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about Indonesian food. Obviously, your background. Yeah. You spent some time in Sumatra. Sumatra. I lived in the in the jungle for about 18 months in Sumatra, in a place a little bit outside Lubuk Linggau, and uh, which is probably right in the middle of, but up the spine on the on top of the mountain yeah. in, um, in Sumatra. Um, I, I built the gold, I built the power station to run the gold mine there in, um, in uh, Rawas, uh, the place it was called. And um, yeah, like uh, really good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never been to Bali, You're so crazy. yeah, I know it's crazy. <laughs> but you know, I spent a lot of lot of lot of time in uh, Sumatra and, and Java, mm-hmm. and um, and loved the place. I absolutely, you know, love the Indonesian people. They're really lovely people. But Bali, I just haven't gone to this. You know, like the Americans and the Germans and the Aussies. I think you know, kind of. Um, I don't want to yeah, I know get in that mix, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I love to be out where hardly anyone speaks English yeah. and yeah. you have to speak the language to, to make your way. Yeah. And that's heaps better if you... Because I've never actually um, travelled the world as a tourist. Just as work. Ever. Yeah. Oh, last year we went to Japan for a month. Okay. And that's the first time in my life, which would have been... Oh, no, that was... 2019, just before COVID. Pre-COVID, yeah. So that was the first time I'd really ever gone anywhere as a tourist. Yeah. We went, took the family for a month, and that was, Japan was really good. That's, yeah. that's definitely a, a destination everyone should should go to. That's on my bucket list, Japan. Yeah. A few people seem to be going there uh, of late, yeah. Japan, so. I wanted to, it's more sort of, I guess, in interest of mine, but when you were in Sumatra, you were, you were working in the jungle. Obviously, yeah. there's some dangers there around snakes, tigers. Yeah, yes, there's snakes. There's massive um, uh, reticulated pythons that, <laughs> that tend to drop out of the tree and, you and saw land it? on top of it. Oh, I've seen them, yeah. but not like uh, we weren't exactly because we we're on a mine site, yeah. so we we're fairly protected. But but before the mine actually kicked off, we built the tailings dam and. And then as that was filling just with water and not with tailings, there were Sumatran tigers and their cubs uh, walking around and drinking out of, the, wow. out of there. And um, yeah, there's uh, really weird animals. Because uh, <laughs> there's this, like, it's got about of a, a, a big pig size and it's got a snout like an elephant. And oh, yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but... Um, Is it like a tapir? 
type thing? It might, yes, yes. Something similar yeah, in yeah, Costa Rica yeah, yeah. and Middle and South yeah. America, that might yeah. be tapir. This yeah, that would be the closest yeah. thing that um, you could describe it as. And then some of the birds had um, like a, there was a massive big bird that used to cast a shadow over your car when you were driving down the road. And they had like a toucan um, oh, yeah. beak and they um, made it for life and they were like just the wingspan of them was absolutely ginormous. So there's, um, yeah, it was pretty. And then there's lots of diseases um, mm. in the jungle as well. So uh, we had all our shots and stuff. I was lucky not to get sick, but you know, quite a few people got malaria and dengue fever and, all dengue that. and a lot of other bits and pieces. There was a river right down the bottom mm. and that's where people, if I work, you know, way up on the mountain, but people that lived yeah. right close down the bottom in the river, um, they quite often got sick. It's crazy the locals there, they don't, most of them don't have medicine and don't take malaria tablets and they just live day to day. Yeah. yeah. And I remember when I went to Africa, I was taking the malaria tablets, you take them about a day before They're pretty you travel. They're right? pretty big, are they? Oh, I can't remember. You just take them every day, but yeah. I, I had really, I had really weird reactions to them. Really? It was yeah. Just dreams, yeah. really the, weird dreams. Apart not, from that, it was all fine. But I wake up, and I was thinking, what, what was that dream about? It was not so a good weird. idea. So, I had a really good mate went to Bali, and he took that medication, and yeah. it reacted with him, and he ended up like getting arrested and put in jail. Oh, and, really? Yeah. It. it actually like tipped him over and he went tropo yeah and um a lot of people have that um that reaction i just had weird dreams so weird dreams as well like the army so when we're in afghanistan um as well like a lot of the fellas that we talked to that had to take it they had no choice and um it actually causes you know, some problems later. Psychosis? I'm not exactly sure exactly uh, what it what it yeah. turns to, but um, they said that they had some pretty bad reactions by taking those uh, medications and um, yeah, they, but they had no choice that they had to do it. So I didn't, I never took it at all because it actually masks um, when you get malaria. Yeah. And all it's supposed to do is give you time for the build-up of the malaria, mm-hmm. um, so they can get you yep. into a hospital and give you treatment. Right. Yeah. So, but also at the same time, it masks the the symptoms of malaria. So it's a bit of a um, I'd rather get malaria, go down with it. Yeah. And then they go, yep, he's got malaria, get him out. Mm. So um, unless you're really super remote. Yeah. Um, I. Just don't think it's worth. It's worth it. No. Oh, so the treatment is pretty. What is it? Pretty straightforward from there. I don't. I don't really know. Well, they just plug you into a drip. Get well, you there's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure either because I actually didn't get you it. I've been yeah. all through Africa and Southeast Asia and never, never got it. So. We touch wood. Just touch wood on. Or the alcohol or the beers just there. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Like three, maybe. But, yeah. And yeah. like for getting back to the beer, so Bintang. So we'd knock off work and it's stinking hot. You know, she's 48 degrees, 100% humidity yeah. up there in the jungle. Sheet lightning, 
Um, there's monkeys <laughs> raging through the, um, the, the tops of the trees. So we'd all knock off, go back to the bar, start having beers, and then you could hear the monkeys from probably five k's away screaming through the treetops and getting closer and closer and closer. Um, but they also used to, we'd have these houses and we'd have four rooms in a common uh, lounge room. And then you'd walk, you'd knock off and you'd go and have a shower in your room. And you'd walk in and then look down the hallway and there'd be a monkey down the end of the hall. <laughs> and you just, and there's only little, they're only those little fellas, but yeah. they've got super sharp teeth and oh, sharp right, yeah. claws and they're highly aggressive. And um, what are they yeah. after? Oh, anything they can get food generally. Oh, food, but, yeah, um, yeah, so you just like back out, back out of the hallway as fast as you can <laughs> and then stand outside and then, you know, go down the stairs and be on the other side of the rail and he'll come flying out of the house and take off into the jungle again. Yeah. So you just give him free free pathway to escape because if um, he'd tear you to shreds. Monkeys are that type of animal which, despite their size, super strong, strong, strong and aggressive and when I was in India we went and visited this temple um, in, in close to Jaipur Temple of Doom mm. and it was just a really eerie feeling they had two types of monkeys there was like a black faced monkey and a white faced monkey the black faced were, were apparently the good ones but the other ones were yeah so you had locals there trying to say oh yeah just you know tap your shoulder or jump yeah, on your shoulder yeah. like no nah, no nah. and then one of the guys there was Dutch and he said he, he knows someone who got bitten by a monkey in Thailand and died I think from rabies oh, really? or something and then he knows someone else who got bitten by a monkey as well and was sick for about six months yeah, no. and it, I was like nah best, no, best no, not to <laughs> don't go near the wildlife so no. I just moved back from um, uh, from the Gulf of Carpentaria in uh, northeast Arnhem Land and um, you know, several dogs have been taken on the beach when you know you're out walking oh, along the beach and crockle. And then one of uh, the rangers, um, my wife Sarah was the ranger manager up there, and um, and then one of the one of her rangers, um, admittedly, he went out about four o'clock in the morning yeah. and went out fishing, and uh, he got taken. Um, but he he managed, and he was on his own as well, and uh, somehow managed to um, get out of the crocs now. Wow. Yeah, so... Um, a juvenile croc, maybe? Oh, I think, no, I, no, I don't think so. I think he was about at least four metres, so probably 12 foot. Um, no. And they, it, and per metre, they have a bite power yeah. of a tonne. Yeah. So if he's six metres, his bite pressure is six tonnes. So what, did he get away unscathed or what happened to no, him? No, 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 he, um, yeah, no, they, he got flown to Darwin. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't in a good way. No, yeah, so. <laughs> but he still, whether, I, I'm, I don't know, unfortunately I don't know the um, exact um, happenings. Yeah. Um, maybe like he managed to... Um, get something into the croc's eye or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I heard that the, the, the tongue, if you can get your hand in the tongue, they're like a flap which prevents water from going into their mouth, that they, they close, but you're yeah, not gonna, that's like, like when that. you get attacked yeah, by a shark. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, thing with, the thing with sharks, I think, generally, Build them on the is um, the sharks have a bite and then they go. 
Yeah, because you don't taste. Yeah. But Crocs seem to just... Bite and death roll. Yeah, and just... I think the chances of surviving from a shark attack are a lot higher than if you get... That is pure killing machines, eh? And yeah, the death yeah. roll, like breaking yeah. you, you see how they yeah, break. Shark's got no hope whatsoever with um, you know, the croc. I've heard stories about crocs up north. They follow the sharks. Getting the like this. oh really? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've heard about crocs up north with no legs getting attacked crocs. by like, great whites because a big great white. They, well, they, they get to like seven meters as well. They right? attack each other. Yeah, well. I've heard stories about people who've seen crocs with no legs because they've been bitten off by a shark, by yeah. like big sharks. But my yeah. Instagram, for some reason, is full of uh, crocodile, like African videos of crocodiles saving zebras and gazelles and stuff. It's yeah, savage. yeah, crocodiles are scary. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah once they latch on. And the thing why they're yeah. also so scary is that they not just in the water they're smart they come onto land as they're well. quite quick as well yeah. right when they when they quicker like, than a racehorse over 40 meters yeah so they <laughs> they're lightning quick they're, yeah. they're faster than fast there's no way if you're 10 meters off the water edge and that thing bursts out of the water yeah you have zero there's no way you're gonna outrun it. how do we emerge as a dominant species <laughs> like that? seriously like you get a paper we get cut by paper that's how delicate we are. I think the way we dominate, the way we emerge as a dominant species was being able to throw. Throw. That's what I've heard through just evolving, us being able to throw and, and teamwork. Oh, so you like you throw a ball and the crocodile runs after it? Well, no. <laughs> no, that's what I heard from yeah, the guy okay. um, on Joe Rogan. He was talking about being able to throw was our big advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So being able to go, climb up throw a tree a and throw and throw a spear, throw rocks. Opposable so thumb, right? Yeah. But um, yes. now you said about Arnhem Land, what happens when you've got the wet season and it floods? Do you have to be careful about going outside with... Because you see those... Uh, you just have to be... The thing about northeast Arnhem Land is um, it's very beautiful, but it's hot. And it's hot year-round. So in the dry, it's actually hotter in mm. the dry, which but, would be winter. But less humid, is it? Or? Less humid. Yeah. Um, than the the wet but um the wet yeah everything instantly can flood so you can get trapped easily so you have to be careful yeah. and you have to um understand where the rivers are and then crossing rivers so you have to be really careful crossing rivers and then you can get stuck in between two rivers right right so you have to plan um it relatively well so we drove in in um january early january and um it was already it was already starting so it depends on when the wet really kicks in and luckily like with um Nullumboy, um gove peninsula they have they call it the gove dome so mm -hmm. They have, it's like, it doesn't start raining in, in that dome area, but everywhere else in the Northern Territory will be like absolutely pouring. But then a little bit later on in the wet, then Gove starts to rain. So I'm not sure why that yeah. phenomena happens, but they do call it the Gove Dome. So it's a bit protected yeah. from um, that torrential rain to begin with. But we drove in and it was, um, you couldn't, there was no road, but it was a river. 
and I had the caravan and I had a, a Land Cruiser V8, my Land Cruiser V8 um, Toyota and we were fully laden and had everything, dogs and, and kids and, and the caravan absolutely packed to the rafters and uh, also the car and you just, it, they had some poles that come out far enough out of the road to show you that there was a hole there or, yeah. or there was a hazard there. And, um, but sometimes the river was coming straight at you yeah. and then other times the river was going across the road and there was like massive lightning, pouring rain and then we're driving, driving, driving and so when we turned off the Stuart Highway to go into the Central Arnhem Road, um, we thought, well, we're just going to go for it, right, mm -hmm. because it was to get the car and the caravan onto a, um, a ferry in Darwin um, to get it to go was going to be like six grand or something. So we went, nah, we're not doing that. We're just going to run the gauntlet, which we did. And it was pretty good for the first, you know, half of the journey, but then um, the second half was completely different. And then we were up against it. It took us about 16 hours wow. to drive that road, which is about 675 kilometers long. So it would have been on a normal day, say seven hours? No, no, it, even at best, it's probably eight or nine okay. at, at, at best, because there's sections of it that is always pretty hairy, yeah. you know, um, potholes and all sorts of, um, but really rough road right so yeah and anyway so we're, we're driving we're driving driving and then out of nowhere these um curlews were on the road and i've hit um i'm pretty sure i hit a curlew yeah and uh, you know what a curlew is well i thought it was no probably not i thought it was curlew like, yeah, a is cow. a bird ah a bird oh it's a bird yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it stands about i don't know maybe two, two and a half feet off the ground. Okay. And um, they got big, beady, yellow and black eyes. Yeah. And um, they're quite, they're quite an um, interesting bird. The indigenous people of Australia yeah. um, fear them because they are harbinger of death. Ah. Right, so <laughs> they, and particularly in the Pilbara, yeah. um, the mob up there um, don't, like, don't like them. So, I live on Kangaroo Island, and yeah. we've on my property in Kangaroo yeah. Island. We have lots of um, of curlews. Are they in? Um, but they, they they live all around Australia, so the north and the south. They're, I think I might, might have seen one in Exmouth. Yeah, you probably did. Like about this tall. Really? Yeah, yeah. with yeah, a massive yeah. beak as well. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. beak. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, and Sarah, my wife, she's going. I'm sure we hit that bird, and. And it's just like, it's such a gruelling road and, and we're like, we're in a flood and there's lightning. And I said, well, I'm not getting out of the car. We have to keep on pushing on. So we pushed on and you just hit these massive puddles and the water's flying over the top of the car and, you, and you've got windscreen wipers going flat out. So anyway, um, we all had to stop to go to the toilet, right? So we've pulled over and I've got out the car and I straight away walked up to the front of the car yeah. and here's this curlew stuck behind my driving head oh, spotlight, right? right? And, it, and it's luckily, 
it was tucked in behind the headlight. So when I hit it, it had gone in between the grill yeah. and the back of the my spotlight. Yeah. Right. So luckily, because when I hit the puddle, it, it and we're talking about like maybe like for a hundred k's for maybe two and a half hours, this thing was getting hit oh, by God. every single um, bit of water that I hit, right? Yeah. So then everyone's freaking out and everyone's like going, oh my God, you know? So then I got a tea towel yeah. and I put it over the bird and then I was trying to get it out of yeah. the, um, behind the spotlight. But what had happened is its feet got, went into the grill uh. of the Toyota so I got him out, but then his feet were stuck in the grill. So and then every time I tried to pull him, he was he was like going mental, yeah, right? So at, at the end I went, well, bugger it, like we either have to knock him on the head, yeah. or he's just going to have to live with me dragging yeah. his feet out of the grill, yeah. which I did, yeah. right? So I pulled him out. He screamed and he carried on, and then as I as I went to put him down onto the ground, he just kicked and fell onto the ground, stood up, right, looked at me, and took off up, so up the road. Amazingly, he was fine, right? So he's running up the road, right? And then uh, Sarah would take the dogs out to, to the toilet as well. And the next, because I was taking um, one of, one of uh, her, um, friend's dogs back from Adelaide back to back to um, Nullumboy to Yukala and uh, and so this dog has escaped off the lead no. so then Sarah and it's chasing the bird and then Sarah's chasing the dog that's chasing the bird and then these um, indigenous guys are coming the other way <laughs> and they're pulled up and they're going like what are you white people doing <laughs> you know and I'm just like looking there going, oh my God, like, must look really weird, right? <laughs> and so luckily the dog stopped and come back to the car. The curlew went free <laughs> and uh, we all jumped back in the car and we kept on going. And then 16 hours later, we arrived at Yukala to our house, um, which is an indigenous um, yeah. community in... Um, in Nullumboy, just south, about 18k south of uh, Nullumboy. But um, yeah, yeah, that was, the, that was the way in. And now I've driven that road countless amount of times and I don't ever want to <laughs> go on that road again if I don't have to. It's a nightmare. But um, yeah, it's a really interesting place because it's so beautiful, right? So you look and it looks like paradise, right? But you can't go in the water. Yeah. Because you'll get the stingers, there's... Um, box jellies, oh um, you know, there's crocodiles, there's sharks, there's sea snakes. Will you say there's, there's people who serve You're Yes, so, <laughs> so yeah, they do. And a few of the electricians that I work with, um, I did a short stint with the local um, electrical mob up there. And the young apprentice um, and his brother and his mates would go down to Yikala where I live yeah. and the beach where I walk my dogs and I didn't realise that there was ever any surf there because it's the golf, yeah. right? And then one day I went down and there were like, it was three, four foot waves and I'm going, it's fairly windy yeah. and there was some wind swell 
And I'm going like, far out, that's like not too bad surf, right? Yeah. And, and I think, well, no one had ever um, surfed that. So the next day uh, I was talking to the apprentice and I said, oh, do you know that, um, you know, there's, I didn't realise there was surf down at the beach there where I live. And he goes, yeah, we go out surfing there all the time. And they go out there in their, um, their uh, like mine, yeah. mine gear. So they've got jeans and their um, oh, right. safety shirts on and they go out and they paddle out and go surfing. Oh, just, That's I, madness. It's, it's crazy. That is absolutely madness. But they do it. They do it. And main, mainly in the dry. They won't yeah. go out in the wet because that really is like guaranteed you get eaten. But it, the, the crocodiles are still about, they're there, yeah. but they haven't gone anywhere. But the dry, they, they settle, they just don't come out very often. But the wet, you see them all the time. It's crazy. <laughs> when I was in um, Costa Rica surfing as well, um, we were there and then afterwards, one of the local guys goes, oh yeah, there's just, there's just crocodiles there, like 400 metres up there's a river. But don't worry, they never yeah. really come out here. Yes, they like, do. So you're telling us after being in the water for three hours now. There's crocodiles in there. Yeah. Yeah. Not good to surf near a river, a river mouth. Yeah, but so yeah, that's yeah. where yeah. they the will. Yeah. They'll be yeah. out. And they'll, they'll just go up and down and they'll see what they can get. And then they're, yeah. Yeah. they're back in the river. But um, not a good idea. No. Not near a river mouth anyway. <laughs> so crazy. You mentioned before Afghanistan. Yeah. So um, I went in 2003 to Afghanistan and I built the power station that run the US forces in Kandahar and yep. Bagram um, and people said why are you going there and particularly like my wife said that's not a good idea but um, you know Greco the company I was working for already been in Iraq yeah and uh, had a couple of mates um, that I've got jobs for and they were there. So, and they said, oh, you know, Iraq wasn't that bad and, and that was fairly safe. So, yep, go, might as well. Uh, I was living in Dubai at the time. So down to um, Jebel Ali uh, at, at, at our base and, you know, put the power station together, um, you know, Got it all ready, shipped it, and then we flew uh, out to Islamabad in Pakistan. Oh, yeah. Um, and that wasn't bad because we flew um, a good airline, but uh, the transition was Pakistan Air. Oh, okay. And uh, it's notorious there because it's so hot. So it was in summer and daily temperatures around about 57, 58 degrees. So it gets quite hot, yeah. right? So uh, we, uh, we flew out, oh, we flew out at night time, um, and which was fine. Then we flew into, uh, landed in Pakistan and pretty much just went from one gate to another, got on the Pakistan air and off we went. And, um, and the first thing that you, know, you notice is um, uh, everyone else, apart from Andy, the um, mechanic who was a, um, a pommy guy, yeah. and myself, um, everyone else was Arab. And um, the first thing when I sat down is the guy across 
the other aisle in the other seat leaned over and I pulled out like the magazine that you, you read and he ripped it out of my hands and he threw it across the plane. <laughs> so okay, so I'm not sure, I'm just thinking that maybe he thinks I'm American. Uh, that, that, yeah. that was the first thing that went through my mind. <laughs> Because that, you know, it's not very friendly. Yeah, no. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so off we go. And we're travelling along, going along fine, and everything seems to be all right. And then all of a sudden, uh, you can hear the jet noise, right? Yeah. And then dead silence. And then all of a sudden, the window that's right next to you was on the floor. And then it was on the ceiling. And then it was on the floor, <laughs> and then it was on the ceiling. So five times it was on the floor, and then the ceiling, then the floor, and then the ceiling. And you can see, it's remarkable, right, that you can see the ground coming up like this. <laughs> uh, yeah. And anyway, um, Andy it was sitting in front of me, and he reaches around, he goes, Campy, Campy, what are we going to do? I said, well, there's nothing I can do, mate. I don't have any controls and, you know, no brakes, no control. I said, but we're going to be all right. You know, we'll, we'll be okay. And he just looked at me and then turned around, sat, looked forward. And then all of a sudden, as we plummeted out of the sky, um, the air thickened up. Yeah. And then the loudest engine noise you've ever heard just that took up take of the air, of yeah. the solid air, not the hot, thin air, yeah. but some thickness of air. And <laughs> and we hit that runway in in the, in the Kabul, uh, the hardest I've ever hit a runway, <laughs> but we landed and we were all right. So I don't know how we, uh, the pilot managed it, but everyone's clapping and cheering and, and we're walking off the plane, walking up the aisle. And then the door to the um, to the pilot's cockpit was open, and we were starting to depart the plane. And I looked into the cockpit, and the pilot was trying to put a cigarette in his mouth, and he had his hand on his other wrist, and he's going to steady it, trying to put the cigarette in his mouth, and he couldn't. Like he was. He was he was a mess. <laughs> so we were a cigarette paper from Dine, obviously. But they go through this. This is a well-known phenomenon, and, mm -hmm. and people go through it all the time, apparently. Um, and so the bus comes up, and because uh, Russia had you know finished a war all them years ago, yeah. but there was still like the bus that come up had bullet holes in it, <laughs> and the front windscreen was you know, shot out and all the rest of it. So we just hopped onto the bus and carried our, you know, baggage off the plane onto the bus. There was no, no service, so we had to wait um, and, and uh, get your bag off the plane yeah. or, and then get the bus back into the terminal. And all the terminals, like, got bomb holes in it, not bullet <laughs> holes, we're talking bomb holes and bullets and everything else, you know. So we, we go in there. And there's just like two guys sitting at a, um, at a table with two chairs stamping our passports. We go in and they threw all the bags through the bomb hole. No travelator. <laughs> you pick your um, <laughs> luggage off. 
So they just chucked it through the hole in the wall and you go and you pick your bags up. And these two guys, they were, um, they were supposed to be uh, ex-British SAS yeah. and they were going to take us from Kabul to Kandahar. So, all right, so they picked us up. Oh, they were with us from Dubai, actually. And so they've gathered us together. We've got two um, Land Cruiser um, vehicles and they take us to a safe house in, in Kabul. But driving out of the airport, you've got like a big, it's like two lanes um, in and out of the airport. Um, and then you drive out and there's just strafed airplanes with winds blown off, fuselages yeah. cracked in half, bullets through everything, you know. And you drive out of the airport and then you're off to Kabul. So we get to Kabul. Um, we go in, get out of the safe house, and then we went into town and we went into the shopping centre. So the, the first real difference I, I thought was pretty striking was that when we walked into the shopping centre, it had like what you'd normally see is like a no smoking sign, mm -hmm. except there wasn't a cigarette on that no smoking sign, there was an AK-47. So you weren't allowed to take the AK-47 inside the shopping centre. And that was the first, I was going, oh, okay, wow. That's, um, you know, so, so pretty unusual. So they have like a, like a, you know, you go like the umbrella racks with the devil put their AKs in, <laughs> in a basket. And just, yeah, you know. no, yeah, I know. And, and as well, like just generally around the town, like there's soldiers there and they've got... Yeah and they're heavily armed. And you're thinking Sarah was right. <laughs> no, no, I thought more Sarah was right when we were falling out of the sky. <laughs> Not so much when we were on the ground. So had the night there, and then the next morning, woke up five o'clock, into the cars, and off we go. So we're driving um, out of Kabul, and actually we're heading to um, Bagram, which wasn't too bad because the road was still okay. And the Russians um, had like blown every bridge up from from Kabul to Kandahar. So we dropped stuff off at um, at uh, Bagram, and we had the night there in Bagram, and that's where um, they had the prisoners. So there was like a big um, looked like a, like a big warehouse shed and inside that was like their barbed wire cages that they had on concrete floor and they had the um, prisoners in orange overalls mm. in and then they were burning um, 44 gallon drums with diesel and that was all like so they'd come and hose the whole floor down from yeah. the excrement and um, and then that had channeled in and they'd, they'd put it into drums and then burn it yeah. with diesel, right? So that was that night, and I'm going like, yeah, it's this is it's pretty serious. <laughs> you know, like, okay, we're in a war anyway. But um, yeah, so then the next day we got up, crack of dawn, and, um, and we take off from Bagram to Kandahar. So we're driving, driving and, then the, and then the road, the blacktop ended, and then it was just, the Russians are just, bombed everything from there forward, right? So every bridge we went off the main road, um, went through the river or 
the yeah. drop off and then come back up and then back on the road after the bridge because that's blown yeah. up, right? And keep on going. So we had um, a lesson in you don't go off the road that's unmarked or whatever if you need to go for a toilet break or whatever. So we're driving along, driving along, driving along, and then we stop, and then the guys, you know, they needed a toilet break. So these two SAS guys, and we were in two separate cars too, by the way, and um, and anyway, so they just jumped out of the car and walked out into the bush for a wee, yeah. and I thought, well, that's not what we got briefed, briefed on. So... Andy and I are looking at each other and going, well, we're bussing. So they walked out and did a wee and then walked back. So we we literally walked, because it, it's like um, all bulldusty kind of um, ground. Yeah. So we just walked in their footsteps all the way out, yeah. weed in their wee puddle, yeah. and then walked back in their footsteps, yeah. right? And, and what you see is alongside the road, there'll be um, rocks painted white and red, so red is like have, haven't been cleared, uh-huh. right? So you definitely don't walk out in the red areas, but the white areas you've got half a chance, but it doesn't mean that they've mm. found everything anyway. So we're going along, going along, and then we broke it. I'm pretty sure we broke a strut on, um, on our vehicle, and we were supposed to have uh, interpreters, which we didn't end up having either. So we going along and then this guy he wants to stop and fix the car and like they go no no we have to keep on going no matter what to get to Kandahar and we've got all this electronic gear in the in the car and all the rest of it so um, we pull into this village and I said to our guy I said all right so how far are we away from Kandahar and he goes oh oh I'm not exactly sure. And I went, what do you mean you're not exactly sure? And he says, well, um, I've never been there yet. And I said, right, so you're taking us from A to B and you don't know where B is. And he goes, no. (laughs) But he said, "Um, my mate in the front car, he knows where it is, right? And I said, what if our cars get separated if if something happens, you know? Oh, yeah, I don't know. So I had a sat phone and I'm continuously ringing the US Army, yeah. right, to the number that we've got to call in case anything happens. And I've put in like 17 phone calls. No one's answered <laughs> once, right? And they're going, all right. Now I'm starting to think my missus is right again because <laughs> like, okay, I'm not, I didn't die in the plane, but now I'm on the ground. I, I, might, I'm, I think I'm in a bit of trouble. So we kept, we convinced him to keep on going. So we get from one village to another village and then he pulls over again and the front car stopped. We all pulled into this village and we jump out and uh, this guy, he, the driver, he stayed in the car. And I said to the guy in front, right, the other SAS guy, Mm -hmm. who I don't think, they, they definitely weren't SAS. Anyway, I said, mate, how far are we away from Kandahar? And do you know where Kandahar is? And he looked at me and went, nah. And I said, so neither of you have been to Kandahar? He went, nah. And I just went, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is 
this is really starting to go downhill. And plus, it takes so long because every bridge is blown out and there's bomb holes and there's blown up tanks and everything along the, the road. And we're off on, off on the road. And so it start, this is late afternoon now and I'm thinking, right, okay. So what are we gonna do from here? Anyway, so the guy wants to fix the car. So this other guy from the SAS guy from in front of us walks in between his car, the rear of his car and the front of our car, and my driver pins him <laughs> by the knees. And the next minute, like he's punching the, um, the bonnet of our car because he, the driver's trapped him. And then all these people start coming out of the village going like, what's going on? And I'm thinking, right, this is where things really go bad. So we managed to talk our driver into letting him go. <laughs> he put it in reverse and just let him, and backed up and he, he freed him. So everyone jumped back in the cars and we take off again, right? So we finally, finally get to Canha and there's a big, there's a big double archway to the entrance of Canha yeah. itself. So we pull up to the, the very front at, at this archway and all the guys are looking and they've got AK-47s and they're looking in our, in our car and we've got you know, all sorts of stuff in there. And I'm thinking, all right, so we're gonna drive into Kandahar and we're gonna ask where the American base is. <laughs> not, not a good idea. And I'm thinking like, these guys, there's no way they're SAS by now. Like, I'm thinking like, we really are. So what are they then? I don't know. They were two. They were just like in two the, poms in the, in the reserves or something like that. <laughs> God knows. I don't know. Anyway, so we're driving through Kandahar now in the in the streets in the main street of Kandahar, and um, anyway, this UN vehicle is driving up the road. I said, "Quick, stop the car, jump out, and they'll know where the airport is. Right? They'll know where the American base is." So he goes, great idea, stop the car. So the old mate stops the car. He jumps out, runs straight in front of the UN vehicle. Next minute, like, the tyres are screaming, there's smoke pouring out of the UN vehicle, right? And old mate, I went, right, well, he, he's not there anymore. And everyone's just going, oh, shit, he just got run over. So we all jump out the car, right? And here's this guy. He's, his arm comes out from underneath the car and he grabs the bull bar of the UN vehicle and drags himself up and stands up in front of the UN vehicle. All the four doors are open, all the UN people are out going, what's going on, mate? Like, and anyway, so he comes back to the vehicle and by this stage I just like sat in the car and I'm going, I'm not going anywhere. Like, just gonna, I'm just going to pretend that this isn't happening. And anyway, so he comes out of the car, jumps in the car, he goes, I know where it is, I know where it is, right? So where Kabul is, it comes down, comes down, it goes a big hook past Kandahar and then goes back up to the, the airport and the, and the Air Force base. So now it's almost dark and we're driving up the road, driving up the road. And I said, mate, did you ask him how far it was and how long it would take us to get there? And he goes, Nah, but that's a good question to ask, isn't it? <laughs> and I was just thinking like, oh my God, like these guys, right? So we finally, finally get there. And then the Yanks come out, right? And 
they're like they were just about to send a patrol out to come and find us, you know. And they started yelling at us, going like, "Where have you been? What's going on? What you know?" And I just got my sat phone and I said, "There's." 37 phone calls to the number that we were given yeah. and you guys didn't answer once yeah. and we've, we've tried there's there's the proof on my sat phone and then he shut up like with some sergeant or whatever from the American army and um, he goes alright we'll just come in here and, and we'll put you in the tent so we went into this big hundred man tent that had double bunks yeah. either side of the tent for the whole way around Whole side by side, and then in each um, corner they had big air air conditioners that to air condition the tent because it's like in the day it's fifty eight degrees yeah. right. So anyway, I think oh, we we made it right. I'm safe. I'm now <laughs> on on the US base and um, and we're good to go. So I get up in the morning about well, half past four, nearly five o'clock. And I've got my laptop out, and I'm sitting there doing a bit of work, getting prepared for, for the next for the day. And old mate next to me, the the um, SAS guy, <laughs> right, forgets that he's in a army tent and in bunks, and sits bolt upright, and splits his head open on the top bunk, and then there's this blood flying out of his head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, there's no way, guy? there's no way these guys ever been in the SAS. <laughs> he just, they've got no idea about anything. And it was, and they're getting paid like a thousand US bucks a day, you know, to, to transport yeah. us, right? And um, I don't know how they bullshitted their way in, but... Who's a recruitment company? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. And, uh, and yeah, so... And that was that, and then we built the power station. But while we were there, so we put the power station together, and um, one day we're in the control room, and then the whole control room starts vibrating and shaking. I'm going, shit, what the hell? And you know, run out the control room, it's a 20 foot C container, run out the door and look over from the uh, runway. Yeah. And on the other side, there's like a um, like a D9, D10 dozer, and instead of a blade, it's got um, chains oh, yeah. rotating, and they throw the chains out like 50 foot or whatever, and then he'd hit a 900 pound unexploded Russian ordnance, oh. and there was this mushroom cloud <laughs> across there, and like yeah, he hit this, and that was his job, right? That's his job. In the U.S. Army to drive this thing, and bush, bush yeah, <laughs> and hit thousand-pound bombs, yeah. nine hundred-pound bombs, <laughs> and so because they've they've only like got a, a slit that they see, so there's no uh, big armored yeah, plate yeah, yeah. Um, on the day. The dozer was just stopped, <laughs> and yeah, and it was um, yeah, it was uh, interesting. And then we had um, uh, and the SAS our our SAS were there as well, our fellas from Australia. So um, they were better than the British SAS? <laughs> oh, they are definitely way better than the Americans. So they were there teaching the, um, the, their guys, their SF guys, how to go out to the mountain and, and fight. Oh, really? Right, yeah. So they, and our guys generally are like, um, they might be like 
six four to six seven or six eight. They're big. They're yeah. they're tall, but they're not big. So the Yanks are, are like barely get through a doorway. They're yeah. massive, big dudes, yeah. right? But our guys are like the, the but these guys because there there's a lot of levels of SAS in the Australian Army, right? Yeah. So and they all did have different roles, but these guys were probably like the top of the bunch and they were taking guys out um, like a six pack of Americans mm -hmm. to go and fight and teach them how to fight mm -hmm. in the mountain. So anyway, um, so they're um, training them, right? And, and the Aussie guy was there in the yard and these ginormous Americans, he's just grabbing them and twisting them and these guys are six, 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 eight, two, and yeah. way heavier than our guys. And his feet are flying through <laughs> the air, bang into the dust. He goes, "We'll go again," and, it, and it, the next guy will come. And our guys would just throw on these six Americans <laughs> in the dirt, bang in the dirt, go again, go again. And it was just like just stand there, going like, "Oh, that's a." incredibly strong but the the ability to do yeah. that so anyway so one night i was in the um the laundry and i was doing my washing and and we're all like got kind of beards and yeah. we all and because as soon as i opened my mouth this guy come in and he was a captain in um in the american army and i said hey go mate like you know he goes oh you guys <laughs> he goes you guys are like comedians aren't you and i went Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? And he goes, "Well, we were out on the mountain, and we're out overnight, and um, we, they've got side by side encampments, right? Yeah. So the Aussies and the Yanks are right next to each other, and they'll have a wire all around each encampment. So in the middle of the night, the Aussies are sitting there, and two Pakistanis or whoever have come up." And, you know, with silences, they've shot them, right? So the Aussies are underneath the wire and then grab the two fellas, drag them back into the Australian camp. Mm -hmm. Next door's asleep. The Yanks are asleep, right? So they've dragged the two dead bodies under the wire into the American camp and stacked them right in front of the tent door of the Americans that are legitimately asleep because the guards are guarding right they're asleep it's not these guys fault in the, oh, in the yeah. tent but these guys are supposed to be awake and checking everything out right so everyone's asleep in the american camp anyway so they come back under and they come back into their own and then they've got claymores facing out from in front of the wire forward and they've let claymores off right yeah. Next minute, everyone's awake in the American camp. And all these guys come flying out of the tent, trip over the two dead bodies, and then they're all stacked. All, all the Americans are <laughs> piling up over, on top of each other, trying to get out of the tent and tripped over the two dead bodies. And the guys in the towers are woken up, you yeah. know, like, what the fuck's going on? And, um, yeah, and it's like... So he goes, yeah... You're a bit funny, you lot, aren't you? You know, that was a really good thing. But the, the, the people in the towers got, like, sent to Leavenworth. They got flown yeah. back home to America and sent to jail. 
because you, you, you can't fall asleep yeah, in yeah. a war zone, right? Yeah. So it was a serious thing, but it was amazing <laughs> that, like, um, they're just undisciplined. So yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty scary kind of thing, isn't it? You know? That's, but that was one that. story that this captain uh, related to me in the while I was doing my washing. Yeah. He didn't know that I was, he probably thought I was an SAS guy, but I'm, I'm not, I'm just, I was there building the power station. Yeah. But it was interesting to uh, to get that insight, you wow. know? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. hilarious. Well, not for the two facts, don't We're out of beer, fellas. So, um, yeah. I've got some other beers in the fridge. Do we want to do a blend? Do you want to do a blend for us? Oh, that Trumner's exception. <clears throat> That's yeah, a good blend. Yeah. Do you want to know what the blend is? Yeah, tell us what the blend is. So I was struggling to figure out what to blend this week, so I reached out to my friend Kat yep. at work. I said, Kat, I need an idea of what to blend. And uh, it was actually a good one because, you know, last week I suggested we start doing bullet waffle instead of bullet yeah. blend. So I'm yeah. going to make a... <laughs> Kat suggested a thing called a blue waffle. Do you know what a blue waffle is? Uh, no. Yeah, they're pretty gross, aren't they? Yeah, so it's a. Uh, I won't say what on the podcast because he's quite disgusting. Don't it's don't Google really it. Really disgusting. Yeah, don't Google anybody. You can Google it later if you want. But <laughs> it's disgusting. And there's a joke said make a blue waffle, but out of a waffle, blue uh, cheese. Oh no, there might be some. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. There might be some blue in. cheese in, in the real life version. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm making uh, waffles, bacon, ice cream, eggnog, maple syrup, and some blue food coloring to make it the blue. How waffle. long is this going to take? I've cooked, I've done the bacon already. Okay. I've crisped, crisped up the bacon, so it's all ready to go. So I just put it in a blender and let's have like a... I thought we were having pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're getting burgers. <laughs> we'll get burgers later. Blue yeah. waffles. Okay. We're having blue waffles for all, so I reckon this one could be okay. <laughs> Sounds pretty epic. Let's have to wash it down with the Peroni. Yeah, it could be delicious. Oh, no. <laughs> Anything in here that's going to be challenging. No, even the bacon might be too bad. I don't think. Should we jump in for a photo? Cheers. 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 Alright, so... It smells a bit like bacon, it smells a bit got, like waffle. Got a, got a hint of bacon? Mmm, tastes like eggnog. Yeah. Do you like... Basically like eggnog. Yeah, it's mostly eggnog, isn't it? Albert, you're not... You look... It's that cinnamon... Um, Eggnoggy. It's got the crunchy, I've got the chunkiness of the waffle. I have to say, it's it's not bad. Mm. It's definitely not bad, I think. The bacon is okay. But, yeah, because when you bite the little tiny bits, it's bacon. then the bacon like releases. It explodes, doesn't it? Mm. Probably the best blue waffle I've ever eaten. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can smell the bacon coming out really as well. Right? Yeah, the saltiness of the bacon comes out. You can even smell it, and like chunks of it. Mm. Well, that was... I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it's good. Mm. There's a whole other half blend still have it, so... Like last week, you can add some amaretto or something to it. <laughs> oh, we've all finished it, so... Yeah, that's... no, that's good. Well done, Ben. Thank you. I try... Ben is a bit of a foodie, and he, you have delivered. Well, with guests in person, we, we stooged one guy <laughs> with the... Uh, it was... Leftover barbecue chicken and orange juice. <laughs> and blended it. Yeah. And basically tastes like vomit. It was. But we were told really... your friend. Cat again. Colleague said you can't go wrong. Yeah, but so like we found, so when you eat food, 
it's different to when you just destroy its molecular structure and mm. turn it into something completely mm. different. So when you chew it, it's probably fine, but... You were so disappointed because he had listened or saw a couple of the episodes before and we did some mm. good stuff. And yeah. <laughs> he rocks out, he gets a shocker. He gets a shocker. So we try to keep it nice when we've got physical humans with us. If you think about it, that's how most experiments go. They'll break everything down and, and pulse collapse everything and emulsify it. Yeah. And once it becomes an emulsion, then you can separate all the parts. I get out, get out. your centrifuge out, Albert. And we'll... <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. So, you know, that's a bit like, um, what's that guy that did the scientific food, um, the Pommy guy? Remember him? Mm. And he, he did like science experiments, but he was out of food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just can't think of his name. I can't remember. He, I used to watch these shows quite often and they yeah. were like really oh, interesting. Oh, Hester though, you're talking about. Yes. Oh, I thought yeah. you were an actual scientist and thinking, <laughs> no. No, no. Yeah. But it was really interesting because, yeah. like, you know, you'd kind of... Yeah. Experimenting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it gets for a, sure. What's it called? It's like molecular gastronomy. <laughs> anyway, my brother looks quite a lot like um, Hester Blumenthal. It's funny that you say that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was... I like that. I've got... um. What we've been doing lately is a wake-up scenario. So each week we sort of swap and we come up with something. And what would you do if you were put in that scenario? Right. So it's going to be pretty tame after you just being yeah, taken through. You have to think about through Afghanistan and plane crashes. So my one, I was thinking today. No, it didn't crash. Well, near, near I crashes, wouldn't yeah. be here yeah, but yeah. If, uh, <laughs> if it crashed. Yeah, I wouldn't be re relaying that story. Yeah. My wake-up scenario is. We're not in Kansas anymore. You wake up and you find yourself on a cruise ship, deserted, there's no one there. You walk around a little bit on the cruise ship and you can see there's an island, um, densely covered in jungle, about a kilometre away from you and you can see some smoke, just a small thing of smoke coming from the island. What do you do? Where, where's the cruise ship? Well, you're in the South Pacific, I guess, jungle. So Island, a kilometre. How far are you away? One you're, k. Yeah, you're about one k. So there's gonna be sharks. Am I guaranteed to get to the island? Well, one k. I can swim one k. Yeah. So depending on currents. Well, I guess you you're on a cruise ship. So what are you doing? Are you having a look around, exploring? How much food is there left on the cruise ship? I'd oh, probably yeah, go and get get a few, get some bars. I think I'll stay the on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. They'll find a ship. Yeah. The yeah. cruise ship's probably stocked. Yeah. Um, heaps of booze, food. Yeah, yeah. What I was thinking is you'd probably do that. You'd stay on a cruise ship and eat all the food and, and drink that's on there. And then maybe you'd look, because generally a cruise ship would have like a little blow-up. Like blow-up doll. Dinghy type boat, wouldn't it? They'd have many lifeboats. That would be probably more than blow-ups. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you could take one. You could just get on the boat and go to the island, see what the smoke is, yeah. see if there's any hot native chicks. <laughs> get no, but the, the cruise ship's still motoring though, isn't it? No, it's dead. It's dead. Oh, water. it's dead just water. sitting there. It's just sitting in the water. Right. So you, there's you no one else on you board. You haven't relayed all the information Sorry. now, but yeah. It's just sitting there in the water. It's not moving. Right. You work so out. You're the only person on board. The screw's not turning. No. no. Oh, I'd, stay, I'd still stay on the ship and then, um, you know, when all of the water, booze and food run out, 
um, then I think about in that order. That yeah, that's one k, one k to the um, to the island. I still take the lifeboat, I reckon. And you're probably saying that there's yeah. no electricity, so you can't radio out or anything like that. No, there's, there's no electricity. There's mm. no nothing. The smoke from the island. Yeah, it's just a small little smoke. It looks like it's probably done by one or two people. Do you reckon those people would try and come to the cruise ship, and you might have to fight them off? Well, that's the question. What? What do you do? Definitely sell the cruise ship. Like I said, yeah. Any, if it's sitting there, I well, one of the other problems is that if there's no power, mm. um, I'm sure that there's um, uh, a mechanism that will still release the lifeboat into the water if there's no power because exactly it'll right. have to be yeah. a, a secondary egress. With you being an electrician, you'd probably find a way to bring power back on. Well, yeah, maybe. I, and and me being an electrician, I would go down and I'd. Yeah, but like, it's probably out of fuel. Yeah. So um, there's not much you can do if you've got no fuel to run the engine. So, um, but I mean, you know, those life rafts must um, have a mechanical means because yeah. there's no power and hydraulics or anything you that you could still out. deploy yeah. the um, the life raft for sure. That would be. So, um, you know, you'd probably deploy that, and then. 1k go in have a look um and risk it i suppose yeah oh man so many rooms because that's that sort of thing do you go to the island no because you can just say you exhaust all food and water you've still got a couple of days if you be careful with your um energy and you don't move around too much you can conserve it Mm. what's the chances of that cruise ship it could last years on your own if you're the only person on it yeah you could literally Easy oh, yeah. last a year. But what about the curiosity thing though? There's only, after a few days on the cruise ship, you've seen everything. I reckon that if you're only a K away, whoever was on that island would, would come out would to come the ship in. for yeah. sure. I think I agree yeah. with with you on that. What do you reckon they, they Would you trust them though? Well, uh, that's well, not you. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, you might not even be able to speak the same language as yeah. they're speaking to start with. Yeah. So. And they'd probably find it extremely difficult if they come out on a raft to get on board because yeah, <laughs> they're, they're physically impossible to get up there. Come out, it's a couple True. of, yeah. uh, there was yeah. like a, there was a Victoria's Secret um, holiday, but their plane crashed on the island and you know, a couple of Victoria's Secret models haven't seen, <laughs> a, haven't seen a man in a while. They're like, can I come up? It's like, you yes, do you can. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do everything that You I are mean. in dream now. <laughs> yeah. well, it's my wake up scenario, right? <laughs> Why don't we do Guess the Movie? Mm-hmm. We do a, a thing where we play a movie and we guess it. Are you keen for that? Yeah, I don't know. movie knowledge Whatever. like. Yeah. Ours is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Although he beat me up, beat me last week, comprehensively. Yeah. I gave him two very easy ones. This is just uh, vocals from the... Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so it's about a 10 second clip. That's 10. 100%. You connected. Ben has seen every single movie there. Well, not really. Gangster movies you found. My Achilles heel. Let's go. I'll do the first one. Where's your mum? My mum's in the car. Where's your father? You'll kick yourself. Do you want me to play it one more time? 
No. I know what it is. I knew within the first three milliseconds <laughs> of it. All uh, right. What, what is it? I'm old. Home so. alone. Home alone. Yeah, right. Alone. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I also picked that one too. Did you? But <laughs> I did two others because I thought, good chance I was going to pick Home Alone because we talked about Christmas movies. Yeah. So I picked a backup one. Okay. Uh, I'll do my one, my first one then. Yeah. Look at it. It really is beautiful, Jack. Something else, huh, Russ? Yeah, Dad. Isn't it beautiful, Audrey? She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen. Most enduring traditions of the season are best enjoyed in the warm embrace of kith and kin. Have you played this before? No. National Lampoons? Christmas Vacation? It is that, but I did the European Vacation last time. Yeah. Yeah, right. Did yeah, you know yeah. that? Uh, it did sound yeah, like yeah. it was a Chevy Lampoon. Chase. Yeah, Chevy Chase. I could pick There's that There's a movie one. on Netflix called, uh, I think it's like a futile and useless gesture or something like that. And yeah. it's the story of the National Lampoon guys, how they started and, oh, and, right, and yeah. right up to, I think one of the main founders, he died in the 80s or something like that of a suicide, I think. But it's got like the Chevy Chase and a whole bunch mm. of other guys in there. It's actually a pretty fun sort of movie. Chevy Chase is you know, someone playing Chevy yeah. Chase, but quite a bit of a cokehead by the sounds of it back then. <laughs> These guys were, but yeah, it's pretty... They were, weren't they? Wasn't I think they, they were. I mean, some comedy. Crew, yeah, SNL. Belushi was in, is in there as well. Oh, um, yeah, right. The story of all those John. guys. Um, Belushi. John Belushi, yeah. Yeah, and Williams was a cokehead as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, man, he was a, he was a maniac. He didn't really need it. No, but yeah, so on Netflix, it's actually pretty good if you. I'm yeah. not sure, you know, how historically like accurate it is. Caddyshack, right? Yeah, that was just well, because that's in there. Such a mint movie. That's in that in that that's movie. One of my favourite movies. Yeah. Because they, they did uh, Animal House, I think, was oh, their first breakthrough. Animal, yeah, that was yeah. with John Belushi. That yeah. was, like, I remember that, because I was, I remember that. That's yeah. going to come out. That was, that was the biggest. <laughs> That's how old I am. I've seen that one, to be <laughs> fair. No, it's good. I, I actually bought it on DVD. Do you think it stands up for the test of time? I haven't seen it for maybe 10 years, but oh, I enjoyed it. I haven't it. seen it for 20 or I more, I reckon. It. Animal House, you're yeah, talking about? I yeah, I've seen it. That was the alumni, and like, you know, that was just like... Wow, yeah. beater and whatever. What am I? After my pimple. I'll have to give it a go. Because I used to love all those movies. Like Porky's is one of my favourite movies as a oh, kid. Yeah, like, yes. Porky's yeah, is yeah. good. Porky's, I watched yeah. that maybe yeah. a year ago. Yeah. It still holds up. It's and okay, so beater, VHS. Because oh, back in the day, that yeah. was what we all watched. Those, we only yeah. had VHS as an option. We never had Betamax. Yeah, no. I think it... Yeah. yeah. Uh, how long did Betam last? Not spill when, when they shut everything down and you couldn't just go to the shop and you know walk up and down and pick your oh, favorite yeah, it's movies. A bit of a nostalgic and, thing, isn't it? Come well, on. now it's all you know yeah, it's streaming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, streaming. So it's still a good experience. You can do it. But it's a more of a nightmare, right? Because <laughs> trying to pick streaming stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How, it's like having writer's block. Yeah. You go, yeah. well, let's go and pick, and you go, and somehow you've picked this fantastic movie. You go, wow, how did you manage to pull that needle out of the haystack? Yeah. And and then, but then it's just the trolling, and you go, yeah. oh my god, oh my god, and they and they definitely bullshit on the star rating because it'll start out at five. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, when you click on it, it's like two and a half, and you go, come on, like you know, that's a. Reviews are a scam. Yeah. Reviews have ruined movies for me. Really? Yeah, well, fine. So you used to go to a video store, right? And yeah. you'd walk up and down, like you said, the aisles, and you'd read the back of the of the, yeah, yeah. Of the tape, of the yeah. DVD, yeah. DVD. 
and you'd say, all right, that sounds all right. I'm going to give that a go. Now, you look at a movie, well, I do anyway, jump straight on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, it doesn't have a very good rating, stick it back in the shelf. Whereas you'd probably give a movie a chance, not knowing what yeah. everyone else thought about mm. it really back in the day. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, my rule is if it's a comedy, I ignore that. Yeah. Because comedy so is so subjective. Right? Yeah. And there's yeah. some great comedies which yeah. have got bad reviews, mm. but if it's an action drama, yeah. if it's under that 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, I tend to Out just go, yeah. well... Yeah, it's probably not good. Well, yeah, I, I... And it saves you time from watching shit movies as well. Talk to my teenage daughters, and this last one that I just finished watching was called um, Irreverent. Oh, oh yeah. Well, have you watched yeah, it? Yeah, is it Leo, the Leo DiCaprio one? No, 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 no. No, oh, that's... Um, the, the reverent, reverent, yeah, that's the, reverent. Yeah, he's a priest, oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a gang yeah, guy sure. from New York, and he comes to Australia and goes up to North Queensland... <laughs> and that, and but anyway, um, so I said to my daughter, who's uh, you know going to be eighteen next year, um, you know you should watch Reverend, and she said, oh yeah, no, I I looked at that and I wanted to watch it, but Mum went to the review and it didn't have the star rating, so mm. she just wiped it. Yeah, and I said, well, that's crazy because it was actually like a really good series, ten yeah. episodes, you know. And binged it and whatever, even though it was on Netflix. But, but you know that is the optics on on that rating system sucks because it does, it's yeah. just it yeah. actually it's all yeah. bullshit. In the it movie. really yeah it can be yeah. I find the critics are often they are a bit wanky. A lot of them they try to just yeah. really judge things harshly and just flex their you know vocabulary on their on their reviews so they sound like they're really great. But they have control, like Netflix and Binge and Stan, and they have the the star control. They're, they're in control, and they, they just fudge they whatever. Can, yeah. So it's just, you know, yeah, it's not real. All right, what do you got, number two? My last one. All right. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. Do you know? <laughs> no. It's yeah. Elf. Yeah. Oh, Elf. elf. Will yeah, Ferrell. right. Yeah. Oh, Will Ferrell. He's he's really good in that. Oh, they he really plays the character so well. <laughs> yeah. Are they making a sequel to that? I've no idea. All right, I'll do my last one. Yeah. I don't know if either of you guys are going to get this one. I don't know why. Even Home Alone was hard to get one that sort of. It is Home Alone without yeah. being too obvious. Do you want to hear the clip that I? Yeah, I think if you can pick line. the actor, you have half a chance yeah. of. I'll, I'll do home, my Home Alone clip yeah. and see if you would have guessed it from this clip, and then I'll play my other one. You ever heard of South Bend Shovel Sling? No. That's him. Back in '58, murdered his whole family and half the people on the block with the snow shovel. Been hiding out in this neighborhood ever since. You would, you would probably no, no, because I watched Home Alone two days ago. Yes. Oh, okay. All right, so I'll do my other one to see if you can actually guess. What, what was that one? That was Home Alone. That was Home Alone. That, as well. Yeah, that was his one because he picked it, but he thought yeah, right. hard. Yeah, that was just the clip I yeah. picked. All right, see if you get this. If you get this, I'll be pretty impressed. Can you answer the question? No, it is a trick question. Why is it a trick question? Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 did come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel car till 64. However, 
1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before tap dead center. It's not Pulp Fiction. It's not Pulp Fiction, no. I reckon I've seen it. It's Marissa Tomei, if that helps. You probably have seen it. Um, Joe Pesci's in it as well. Oh, uh, yeah. And also uh, LaRusso. Danny. Is he? Oh, what's, his, what's the guy's name? Uh, Lamacchi. Is that Le Ra uh, Raphael? Ralph Marchio. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. No, um, I don't know. My cousin Vinny. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I've watched that. Yeah. No, I haven't. It's pretty old. I mean, yeah, I've heard, I remember it like. Um, the Rooster Tomei. Yeah, bit, yeah. No way can I remember. Yeah, my cousin Vinny, yeah. That was good. Well done. Shall we end it on What Would You Rather? Okay. And then we'll get some burgers because I've been yeah. hankering for burgers all day. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, me too. So Ben's uh, Ben has really good water. I've got gross ones. Am I doing both or just one? I reckon go with the gross. Go with the gross. Yeah. So, okay. Would you rather be stung on the penis by a jellyfish or stung in the anus by a scorpion? <laughs> no, I'll take it on the ass. Take I'll it on the ass. ass. Yeah. 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 Because if it, you know, if it swells up, you can't use it, right? So anus or the anus? <laughs> no, yeah, the yeah, penis. Yeah. The penis, like you know, you can't use it. So we're all married anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Either way, it's gonna hurt bad. Yeah, probably the anus. They're both bad. They're both yeah, very bad. How did you come up with that one? That was a bad one. Uh, I think I actually don't know. I think I saw a. Oh, it was a scorpion. On a food thing, it was like a would you try scorpion, um, like kebabs or something like that? And then I just thought, Have you ever been stung by a scorpion? No, I haven't because we got them on Kangaroo Island, yeah. And have you? And there, I haven't, um, Sarah did. Um, and this thing's only like this big, yeah. maybe like an inch and a half, yeah. And they're black, they're quite dark. And man, they <laughs> deliver a sting, and they and like they live in the ground so quite often because. I actually live in a shed on yeah. 300 acres on Kangaroo Island, so we can just be walking through the shed and, and the thing will be standing there looking at you like, you know, the tail's up ready yeah. to go. And yeah, them little shit sting bad. <laughs> There's a guy on, on the internet who does, uh, he gets stung by all, all different uh, creatures, insects, and so like wasps or the various ones, like one's called like a, an elephant killer or something like that. So he gets these wasps and scorpions and he sort of just sticks them on his arm until they, until they sting him. And then he just sort of films his reaction, like he, you know, his arm goes red and he's just like in a world of pain a lot of the time. But yeah, he's, this whole series of stuff where he's, yeah, it's, it's intense, really bad. And you just see like the stingers on some of these things are massive. Mm. Yeah. What's your tame one? Oh, that was the sort of the tame one, I think. Oh, was it? Yeah, the other one's kind of gross, but I'll say it anyway. The jellyfish could be a non-stinging jellyfish, so like if it was... No, so it's an irikanji. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, well, you want to still have it after, because if, if that one stung, you'd want to chop it straight away. Straight off. away, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Nah. Um, did you say an irikanji, did you? Sorry? 
You yeah. said a jellyfish. You yeah. didn't actually. No, I didn't say. No, I just said jellyfish. But you said, <laughs> you said you said it could be non non venomous or whatever. Well, yeah, like yeah, so then, then you pick the, the other one. one like, yeah. you know, you go the other way. But if it's irukandjis, mate, like that. Yeah, that's. No, it would be something like that. It might be like a Portuguese man of war or something, or because irukandji is like can be fatal, right? Yeah, I've yeah. seen the videos of people get done by them and they're in hospital. Just oh, people just say, like, cut my arm off yeah. right now. Yeah. It, it, it's supposed to be one of the most intense pains yeah. anyone's and ever felt. Nothing ever. That you can do other than just monitor you and make sure you... Oh, I think, like, the vinegar, the whole, you know, uh, first aid response is yeah. still, you know, vinegar yeah, yeah. and um, all that sort of stuff. But... Um, you just got to ride it out. Oh, man, yeah. That, that would suck. They yeah. reckon it's hell on earth. <laughs> yeah. And those two people, like, because we lived in Tom Price and we used to go to um, Exmouth quite often. Yeah. So um, the mum and the dad went in and on, um, uh, there's this one beach um, where you, you can go out and so, like, you got the outer reef and you got the inner reef. Yeah. So where there's holes in the outer reef, um, the flow comes through oh, right, yeah. and then goes back out. So... Um, <clears throat> At Turquoise Bay, you can walk down the beach and then you can swim out and you don't actually need to um, kick or anything. Yeah, so the, the current will just float you along. But you have to keep on referencing the beach before you don't you want to end to up in the outer reef because that's a deep blue and it absolutely just right, yeah. goes off. You yeah. know? So anyway, um, so mum and dad went out and they didn't come back and the two kids are on the beach and this is probably you know 10 years ago um and yeah they they were, they were found they were like they were dead but they supposedly um got stung and drowned yeah right because okay. it was just you know that intense that yeah yeah but the things you can't see them and they're like tiny the and size of like your pinky nail aren't they yeah yeah and and, and they're invisible mm. so it's um and then as the waters are warming, which they are, um, they're becoming they're flourishing, you know. So it's a real, it's a real bad thing. Yeah, no thanks, no thanks. What's your disgusting one to end the podcast on? So we've already done our blend, but what about this? Would you rather drink? This is a lot. Five liters of your own semen, or five liters? Yeah, it's like a standard bucket, or have both your arms and legs broken with baseball bat. Oh man, like, you'd be lucky to even get five That's excessive. All right, that's just not right. We'll bring it back down. We'll bring it down to a litre then. Just a, a, a milk carton full of your own. Yeah, I'd probably go that instead of the broken arms and legs. But five litres? Oh yeah. What about that, cons- like that consistency? It's still, it's like still body legs. temperature as well. Oh. <laughs> I'm just thinking if you break both of your arms and legs. Mm. You'd vomit it straight back up anyway. Yeah, yeah probably. I don't know how you the pain and the recovery mm. be a shocker. Mm. Yeah, go the five litres. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, then. At least it's yours. All right. Oh, thanks for that, Ben. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, thanks for joining. Yeah. No worries. Thanks, good Albert. Fun. Ben. Thank you. I think we could. Well, I could sit here and listen to you talk about. Your, your adventures. Oh, look, a little bit later on, I might do another one because I've got yeah. many. I've got African ones, yeah. I've got Korean ones, and I've got um, yeah. I've got an uh, English one as well with the 
you know, the guy that um, circumnavigated um, the planet on in a um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, kayak, kayak. Yeah. yeah, right. So it was after a, um, I met him at um, it was a cricket match yeah. at the Oval, and there was Langer and Hayden, and they they just annihilated England, and everyone and I was sitting in the crowd, and everyone's just going, oh, this this is just boring and we just can't take this anymore <laughs> and that was when we were just flogging England at yeah. cricket constantly and uh, anyway um, I ended up getting really really smashed and I got on the train to go back into London and I fell asleep and then I woke up at the last stop and I'd actually just come back from a job in Morocco and I was, I was hiking my way back into London and the guy that picked me up was Moroccan. So he stopped, picked me up, and then he drove me back into London. And I, and I said, oh, where are you from, mate? And he goes, oh, I'm from Morocco. And I'd literally just flown in from Morocco, right? And um, I said, oh, it's just amazing how the universe works, right? And then anyway, he says, well, where do you live? And I said, oh, shit, like, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember my hotels. I was a mess. Anyway, somehow I found it and that, and then like the next day I went out and um, I run into this guy and he goes, oh, and he told me about how we'd circumnavigated the, the planet in a kayak and I went, oh yeah, mate. He goes, no, 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 come home um, and I'll show you all my magazines and he'd been uh, interviewed by Oprah. Yeah. And anyway, so I went, I, I went back with him and... Um, went to his flat and that and then it was true like he he had all these magazines and uh he'd done it he'd done it backwards and then he said a few years later um you know things were working out for him so he went and did it forwards yeah right and then by the time i met him he was um you know in the doldrums again and he said oh, he was thinking about doing it backwards again but it, but the the um, the story that he told about some of the the doldrums in the Pacific and stuff yeah. where he couldn't get um, a paddle in the ocean, there were like forty four gallon drum. The, the rubbish was that oh, really? thick oh, really? yeah, right. that he actually because he's got to stay out of the sea lanes because he get run over by massive ships, yeah. right? Yeah. So and he said anywhere off that shipping lane is a doldrum, you know, and it was extremely difficult to to paddle yeah. his way through. And then also as to his supplies, and if he put something on, if he caught a fish, then was it the best thing to eat it or use it as bait to catch more oh, fish? Right, but yeah. what he ended up doing was he'd throw a bit of fish down the end of the kayak, right? and a seagull would come and gobble the thing up and then he'd go whack and he'd, he started eating seagulls. Oh, really? <laughs> but he started eating the birds. So he, yeah. he found that, that like if he had one fish yeah. that he could catch X amount of birds. So he started eating birds and not yeah. fish. So right. it's interesting. It's, yeah. it's stuff that you, yeah. when you're yeah, in the that. wild and you're trying to survive, actually what you decide to, so, to yeah. do. And he was an amazing, like the... You know the the things that he had to say in the and the, the his optics on the world and and imagine like spending all that time on your own as well mm -hmm. you have to navigate 
you have to get past your own insanity and your exhaustion and your hunger and the frightening things of sharks, whales, ships. Yeah. You know, it's it's a massive um, <laughs> task to yeah. go and do what he did. And he'd done it twice and he was thinking about like doing it a third time. So I don't know. Maybe they do go insane, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then one, one, one time we'll come and talk about yeah. the batteries, but yeah, until I can release that, um, yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Let's cool. get um, let's all the big burgers. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. That Sweet. was yeah, interesting. That was really good. See you next week. Sounds good. Okay. The last one of the year. Yep. We'll recap our journey. <laughs> See you later. See you. Sweet. <laughs> Curious ramblings. <laughs> hey.